we shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. What is this? Could this possibly be a brand new Maiden podcast episode? Yes, it's taken me way too long, months and months, to finally get this episode up. And I want to apologize to all you people out there for me taking so long. And the only reason it's taken so long is because I am lazy. That's really what it comes down to. I've been busy at work. Uh, we had the holidays. Uh, uh, but more importantly, I've had time. But it's, I've been lazy. I've been watching Lost and, and all my other television shows and when I could be doing this. Of course, this is the only podcast in the world dedicated to the biggest band in the world, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, yes. They're touring. They're touring the world. They're touring the U.S., but they haven't announced a tour day for, for Boston yet, so I'm a little upset at that, but I know that they'll be announcing it soon. Congratulations to everyone who've already gotten their tickets to go see them. I can't wait. Now, let's get on with the show. This episode is dedicated to, of course, the great album, Power Slave. You guys voted on what album you guys want me to talk about first, so I'm going to talk about every single song and kind of give my, my thoughts and opinions and some facts that I found online about it. So why don't we get started right underway with, of course, the first song. Now, before I talk about Aces High specifically, I want to give a few facts about Power Slave. Power Slave is the fifth studio album released by Iron Maiden. It was released on September 3rd, 1984, which means I was eight years old. It's interesting that it was actually recorded in the Bahamas. You know, I, I hear these albums, I picture them being recorded in a castle someplace or in some pyramid, and you know, and and here these guys are probably recording in their in their shorts and going and uh, you know hanging out on the beach afterwards. It doesn't feel metal, does it? You know, but um, it's pretty cool. Now let me give you the quick track listing we're gonna go through here. Um, Start off here, we're gonna go with Aces High, the next which is actually the second single off the album. The first single off the album is the second song on the album, Two Minutes to Midnight. Then there's Lost for Words, or Lost for Words, um, also known as Big Aura in parentheses. That's the instrumental track. Flash of the Blade, The Duelist, Back in the Village. Uh, interesting, I want to talk about that. Power Slave, and I have some cool stories about Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Those are the eight track listings. There was a bonus disc, uh, released in 1995, but we're not going to talk about that, uh, mainly just the original eight songs, which, of course, this first one being Aces High. Aces High, is, as I said, is the second single released off Power Slave. It is uh, written by Steve Harris, and the song tells the story of a British RAF pilot fighting against the German Luftwaffe during the Battle of the Bulge in 1940. 
Um, I didn't know that. I just read that off Wikipedia right now. And at the beginning of the uh, show here, you've heard you heard um, a little excerpt of a famous Winston Churchill speech that opened up uh, that opens up the song, goes right into the song. Now that's not how it is on the album, but um, I wish it were that way because that's how I always uh, heard it originally. Because this song. I actually did not hear the studio version. The first time I ever heard the song, first time I heard a lot of Maiden songs, was on Live After Death. And uh, Ace is High, again, is one of those songs. I think it opened up the the uh, the Live After Death, what is it, the World Slavery Tour. Because um, it starts off right, I took the exact snippet of where uh, the Churchill speech, and it leads right into the song. And uh, back in 1999... I went to see Iron Maiden in Boston, and it was right when Bruce came back. It was before um, it was before Brave New World came out, so they were touring for Ed Hunter, and you know the the um, the the room goes black, the the amphitheater, whatever the hell it was, goes black, and you know everyone's going Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And I'm you know I'm freaking out because I want to see Bruce, and. Um, you know, you hear him like do, 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 all these different things, and uh, then it goes right into the Churchill speech, and I knew what was coming, and everybody knew what was coming, and it was fantastic. Um, you know, it's funny because I haven't heard they they don't play the song. It seems like all the time, but um, I love to sing along with the song. I love the guitar work in the song it's it's such a classic maiden song it's such a staple for me if you've ever seen the the maiden post it's such a staple for me it's just a staple for maiden if you've ever seen the poster it, it has a eddie as a fighter pilot it's the poster of the single the artwork for the single and i used to have that hanging in my room there was a cool um flea market in salem new hampshire that i used to go to and they had a bunch of Iron Maiden stuff, and it was like they weren't real posters. They almost looked like they were the size. They 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 were like the width of a poster, you know, the the material of a poster, but they were only the size of a record. Um, so they were perfect for hanging up because I could have a bunch hanging up around the room. Um, and they were mini posters. I had mini posters for like Phantom of the Opera and and uh, the World Slavery Tour and Aces High. So to me, that's. When I think of Aces High, I think of Churchill. I think of seeing him live because it's such a great live song. You know, I love listening to it um, because of the harmony and the vocals, too. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite songs off this album. It's not one of my favorite Maiden songs, but if I was to put a Best of Iron Maiden out there, um, I would definitely put that on it. And... You know, I love the the double guitar work. I, I I try to play it myself as I play guitar, and as you pro, as you know from previous episodes, and uh, I'm just it's it's I'm not that good enough to to do it. And I love when they do it live now with the three guitars, and um, you know that's aces high for me. <laughs> Now we're going a little backwards and a little forwards here. This is actually the second uh, song on the album, but the first song to be released as a single from the album. I'm talking about Two Minutes to Midnight. 
It was actually released as a single August 6th, 1984, and rose to number 11 in the UK singles charts. It was written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson. So, um, early on, a very rare song to not include Steve Harris as the writer. And it was the first single to be chosen, which was a pretty cool thing. August 6th, which of course is two days after my birthday, if you didn't know that. So I was eight years old when this song came out too. Now Wikipedia says that the song is a reference to the Doomsday Clock. The symbolic clock used by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. In September 1953, the clock reached 1158, the closest clock ever to go to midnight. This occurred when the United States and Soviet Union tested H-bonds within nine months of one another. The song is clearly presenting an anti-war view. The first guitar solo is played by Dave Murray along with the second one played by Adrian Smith. Okay, now that we got the facts out of the way, I want to talk about uh, my thoughts on this song. Um, when I when I hear the song, I think of a few different things. One, I think of staying up on a Saturday night. My parents had some friends over. Uh, my father and mother were teachers, and my mother had friends that were teachers that she'd have over, and they had kids, so the kids hung out, and we'd try to stay up late and watch Headbangers Ball. That was actually the first time I ever saw Guns N' Roses. Um, was on Headbangers Ball too, but that was a couple of years earlier. Now, and I was in the eighth grade. I'm, you know, all excited. I want to. I'm staying up every Saturday night and putting it on VHS, hoping to he- see Iron Maiden. And I remember seeing this video for two minutes to midnight. And I, I got to tell you, I don't remember exactly what it was about. Um, I, for some reason, I picture a warehouse. I don't even know if uh, that happened or anything but i do remember seeing the video for two minutes to midnight and um another thing that always comes to mind with this song is the fact that uh i had a poster on my wall that was i think it was stranger in a strange land but on the wall there was a clock and it was 11:58, which is two minutes to midnight and of course i think they played the song live almost every time that i've seen them i know the last time i saw them back in october of 06 uh they played the whole you know um Matter of Life and Death album, uh, and then they went out and played five, um, you know, older songs, and of course, Two Minutes to Midnight, one of those songs. Now, I personally was hoping they play uh, something else, maybe, because it seems like they always play Two Minutes to Midnight, they always play um, Hallowed Be Thy Name, and they always play Fear of the Dark, and I, I do love Hallowed Be Thy Name, and Fear of the Dark Live, I, I, it's one of those songs where you got to hear it live. It's so much better live than on the album. Two Minutes to Midnight, I enjoy it too, but um, I definitely, it's it's not to me a staple Iron Maiden song. It's not one of my favorite Iron Maiden songs. I still love the song. I don't want to put it down. How can I put down any Maiden songs? But I guess maybe it's one of those songs where I've heard it so many times, it's not like hearing Run to the Hills. I could hear that a thousand times. It's I wouldn't put it on my favorites. I wouldn't put it on my best of. But I still love it, and I and I and I love the lyrics, and I love singing along with it. Um, it's got like that's a great riff, you know. It's got a great riff. Um, it's got great, great, uh, you know, great chorus. And I, maybe it's it's a little different because it was written by Smith and Dickinson instead of Harris. But um, 
that's my thoughts on you know two minutes to midnight. And again, I mean, if you <laughs> you do- if you listen to this right now, you're thinking this is all he's saying. I realized that one of the reasons I also didn't do the podcast for so long is because I was kind of nervous to the fact where I don't know how to review an album. I don't know exactly what to say. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, go through every single song and give my thoughts. Some of them are very small and minute, but I hope to hear your thoughts, too. Now, you can send me your thoughts two different ways. You can uh, send me an email, which, of course, is maidenfanpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to uh, say thank you to everybody who's been emailing me. I did, uh, my computer did crash in December, which uh, screwed up a lot of my email and stuff. And um, I'm pretty much back to normal now, but I haven't been able to get back to everybody who's emailed me. And I want to just thank you all. I have received it. Um, And, of course, you can also send me a voicemail. I think the voicemail line is still up. It may have gone down since w- without being used. If it is, I'll put a new one up. Uh, but give it a give it a call. See if it works. It's 206-202-4560. And um, I want to play a few voicemails that I got. I'm going to play those later on in the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for sending me voicemails. I really appreciate it. And uh, why don't we get on with the next song off of Power Slave. What can you say about an uh, instrumental song? Except that this was the last instrumental song that uh, Maiden put on an album. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. And I know um, there was one on Killers. And I think there was, well, Ides of March, things like that. They just, they never had a, um, this was the last instrumental song. And, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to put words on it. Like, go to the place and you can do you child and then I went down to the store and I bought myself some eggs and pancakes and I went I don't know what I'm talking about but um it's weird because even though this song doesn't have any lyrics to it it just sounds so maiden right here listen to that I mean that is maiden it's like the perfect break of those those two heavy songs ace is high two minutes to midnight they're very heavy they're very like you know they're and I don't mean heavy just in the in the in the music. I mean, their their the themes, the thoughts are very uh, deep, and you know, war and, and apocalypse. And then this thing comes in there, and it's it, you know, it's 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 hard rock, it's heavy metal, but it's so bright, it's so much fun. And I I I really I don't know how to play the song. I actually I do a little bit. I can't you know I can do the and it the song. If it doesn't do anything, it'll cheer you up. I mean, it's not a song to get you pumped up, um, but it'll make you kind of want to dance. I mean, that's 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 big aura to me, or or lust for words. It, it's always it's been a cool little uh, play. I remember when I was a kid, I, I screwed up and I used to think this was the duelist, and then I'm like, how could this be the duelist? Then lost for words is the one without the words. So um, I was a very dumb child. What can I say? Um, but lost for words. It's the third. It's the third song right off. I mean, it, it just takes the two breaks, and it um, it takes the two heavy songs, as I said already. It lightens the mood, gives you lots of fun, and it's such a great instrumental. It's probably my. It's definitely my favorite instrumental by them, and of course, you know, it leads right into 
Um, for the longest time, my favorite song off this album. I just love how this this instrumental Lost for Words ends, and of course the next song, Flash of the Blade, begins. And you know the Lost for Words goes. the blade song number four off of power slave and by far my favorite song you know this is one of those songs that i just wish they would play live in concert one day and um i don't know if i'm ever going to get a chance to see them play the song in concert but uh, i'm very excited because uh, i started recording this podcast episode yesterday and i was complaining about boston boston not being listed today i went on to the maidenfanpodcast.com and there was a news item saying uh, additional tour dates have been listed for Iron Maiden, and they're not on the Maiden website yet, but uh, Maiden Fan Podcast has them already. If you click on one of the links there, you'll go and you'll see uh, there's a whole new list of uh, of tour dates included um, for for May and June, and on June 17th at the Boston Garden, Iron Maiden is returning. So I know what I'm doing that night. I'm taking my little recorder, and I'm going to be recording stuff live there. It's going to be a great night. I can't wait to do it. And uh, but let me get back to uh, Flash of the Blade. Flash of the Blade is my favorite song of this album. And the song has uh, has a few different meanings to me personally. First of all, I, I think it's just a, it's it's got such a um, it's got such a catchy catchy chorus that that's one of my favorite things about Iron Maiden is the catchy choruses. And this one has a great catchy chorus. Tell me that is not one of the, the greatest, uh, most catchy chorus that Iron Maiden has put out. Uh, <coughs> second of all, I love the guitar lick at the beginning. It's one of the, the um, one of the first few songs that I learned to play by Iron Maiden by ear. I didn't even, um, I don't, oh no, I might have brought it in. I used to have guitar lessons and I would just bring a tape in and he'd help me uh, learn songs. And I think that's how I did this one, Flash of the Blade. Uh, a few other things that I found that are interesting I, I once I once rented this horrible horror movie. Uh, I think Jennifer Connelly was in it, and the only reason I rented it is because this song was in it. Uh, it was like a, a, a chase th- scene, or like this woman's running through the forest, and this song was playing, which was great. And it also was featured in another movie that uh, I made myself when I was in eighth grade. We used to make these funny little, uh, you know, with the camcorder horror movies. And I wish, believe me, I wish. Nowadays, I had the technology where I could, you know, add music and, uh, and, you know, with my computer and put it on YouTube and have thousands of people look at it. But then we just did it, back then, we just did it for the fun of us. And I used to use two VCRs in my boombox to add music to song, to uh, movies. We did a movie where, um, you know, it was called The Paperback Killer. Paper Bag Killer, I don't know. The guy had a paper bag on his head and he'd kill people. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, during one of the chase scenes, this song, I put this song on there because I, I just, you know, I love it. And lastly, Flash of the Blade uh, meant something to me is be- because I used to jam with kids in high school. I used to go to the uh, garage. Whoever, whoever owned drums, that's the house we would go to. And we go to this one kid's house, 
And uh, this was the only Maiden song that they'd play with me. And believe me, we were horrible. All we played was the beginning over and over and over again. But it was fun because they let me do the dee 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 They let me do that dee 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 you know. And um, I got to tell you, I don't know what the song's about. I, I'm guessing it, you know, it's it's a very fantasy-themed, uh, you know, chasing dragons and... and and, and Flash of the Blade, you know, you're a, you're a young boy who grows up to be a swordsman, who grows up to be an adventurer, I'm assuming. Um, but, you know, as much time and effort goes into the lyrics, it's, to me, a lot of it is, uh, it, it's all about the music, it's all about the, uh, the, the rhythm. And to me, Flash of the Blade is my favorite for rhythm, it's my favorite for the lick, it's my favorite for the chorus. It's, uh, overall... My favorite song off of Power Slave, which is interesting because the next song is pretty much my second favorite song off of Power Slave. You know, I hope because this uh, new tour basically focuses on Power Slave and Somewhere in Time that uh, we hear some of these rare treats like The Duelist and Flash of the Blade. That's right, the song is... The Duelists. And I'm not sure if it's based on the 1977 Ridley Scott film of the same title, but I'm sure it is um, some kind of, you know, it references in ways. It basically, the song is about, uh, it seems like two guys dueling with either guns or swords, and uh, it's just a, a fantastic Bruce vocals, and uh, of course, the chorus. This album has two of the greatest Maiden, you know, harmony-wise choruses. I don't know if I'm talking in, in the proper English, but I think you know what I mean. The Duelists, it's a song that I remember enjoying when I first got the album back in, you know, 1991. Um, but it's one of those songs nowadays where I've come to appreciate again and realized how much I did love it back then. And... I've used it, uh, I think I used it to open up one of the other Maiden Van podcasts. I definitely, when I make a mix, I make sure the song is on there. I made a mix, I made a few mixes for um, a few different people. I made the un, you know, the Unfamous Maiden, which is all the, the songs that I think are great that they never seem to play live. Um, I made a, my brother, I made my brother a Best of Blaze and a Best of um, Paul Diano. You know, so they had, because he's, he's, my brother's big into Bruce, but he didn't know as much about Blaze. He knew Paul Diano, but he didn't know as much about Blaze as um, he did the other singers. So he was pleasantly surprised, actually, with the Blaze record. But I'm getting off topic. Um, when I do make a mix... Oh, wait. I just want to hear that. Okay. Anyway, when I make a mix, I always make sure to put the duels on there because it's, because it's a great song, great chorus, great guitar work, great harmony, great lyrics by Steve Harris. You know... I don't know what to say. I'm going through every song and I'm saying how much I love it. You know, um, I'm not a student of the musical arts, so I can't tell you the the intrinsicities, intrinsicities. I can't say the word, but I can tell you the little things about the songs. I can't tell you why I love them. I can't tell you why they're great, but they just are. 
You know, that's why I originally thought this episode was going to be like an hour and a half of me going through each song, but I realized I can't do that. You know, it wouldn't be fair to me. It wouldn't be fair to you. This is about just getting it out there, getting the love of the music out there. And The Duelist is one of those songs that I just love. And it's fitting now that I switch from a song that I loved and rediscovered later on to a song that, well, when I originally had the album, I think it had a lot to do with the way the tape was uh, set up, where I believe this song was the first song on the second side of the album. And well, a lot of the time I listen to the first side of the, the album, the tape, uh, a lot more than I listen to the second side of the tape. Um, so this song always kind of got, got lost in the mix for me for this, for this uh, tape. The last two songs in the album, they played live a lot, so I knew them more and I was more familiar with them. But this song, it kind of, I, I, honestly, I was never into it early on uh, in my maiden years. Uh, but more recently, and I mean really more recently, like within the last year, I've totally learned to love this song. I, I've, I've totally you know, rediscovered it. I found it. I've, I appreciate it so much more. And I realize how much of a great classic maiden song it truly is. <laughs> Number five off of the Power Slave album, I'm talking about Back in the Village, written by Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith. Funny, uh, interesting thing I didn't realize is that the uh, on the original record, this uh, song had a running time of five minutes. Uh, and on the 1998 re-release, it was uh, updated or extended to five minutes and 20 seconds. I'm not sure exactly, maybe some instrumentals or uh, a... Uh, guitar solo, but uh, let's enjoy the chorus here. Outstanding. You know, I realize I have no idea what this song's about, but it's funny that it's just within the last year that I've really, uh, less than a year, that I've really discovered it, really... Um, fallen in love with the song and i have to actually thank the maiden fan podcast for doing this for me because uh i'm patting myself on the back but um it's because of this podcast that i listened to power slave again it's by uh and i shouldn't say that i haven't been listening to it but you know I, I listen to it more most of the time i go through my maiden songs like a la carte i listen to this i listen to that and i never focus on one album as much as i uh, have been for the podcast so you know, listening to the podcast again, focusing more on it, I was able to, uh, you know, really rediscover the song and, and realize, damn, it's good. Great chorus, great, great vocalizations from Brucey. Uh, and, ooh, that lick. I wish I could do that. If I could do that, uh, man, um, I'd be happy, you know. Uh, a little harder than doing the Flash of the Blade intro. But back in the village, I, I always remember putting this tape in and, and going, oh, this song's pretty good, and fast-forwarding through it. And I think maybe just because my musical tastes have matured, uh, e even in the world of metal, you can mature with your musical tastes. 
so I can honestly say that I was wrong about this song, and it is a great song, and I hope that you enjoy it also. It's, a, it's again, it's the uh, as far as songwriters. You know, I didn't I didn't say all the songwriters for the uh, entire uh, album, but um, this is the second song that has been written by Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith. Bruce Dickinson also wrote Flash of the Blade and Power Slave. Um, which is the next song I'm going to talk about here because I have really nothing else to add about Back in the Village except uh, rediscovering it and, it, and you know, it's just uh, a great tune. So we go through, and we've just talked about two of my favorite songs on the album and one song that I've learned anew to love. And so now I'd like to talk about the title track of the album Power Slave, which, sad to say, is probably my least favorite song on the album. I'm not saying I dislike the song. I'm not saying I hate the song. Far be it from me to ever say anything like that. I love Maiden. I love all everything that is Maiden. But out of all the songs off this album, if I were to put one at the bottom, it would be Power Slave. I know what you're saying. How the hell could I say that this song is the worst song on the album? God, I'm listening to it right now. I'm going, man, this song's great. But in the order of all the songs on the album, this is probably my least favorite, which is which is saying a lot considering that uh, I enjoy the song. You know, I mean, Power Slave, as I said, is written by Bruce Dickinson, uh, and according to uh, uh, Wikipedia. It, uh, it is a tale about the demise of an Egyptian pharaoh. And the use of Egyptian imagery, such as the Eye of Horus and the allusions to a mythology, is allegorical for, Bruce, for vocalist Bruce Dickinson's spiteful outlook on the music industry and how their greed and disrespect for talent leads to their own demise. That is a quote from Wikipedia, which, uh, as you know, I'm famous for doing. An interesting thing that I also read off the uh, the posting for the song is that uh, I, I said before that, that uh, Back in the Village was 20 seconds longer, and actually on the re-release of this, Power Slave is 20 seconds shorter. And what they did was apparently in the original release, the that, that introduction, that is <laughs> supposed to be at the end of Back in the Village, not at the beginning of Power Slave, which to me, hearing, listening, and reading that right now, totally freaks me out because this has always been the uh, that's always been the introduction to Power Slave for me and I love seeing Power Slave live Bruce, Bruce wears that mask I remember back in 1999 when I saw them at the Orpheum again I'm uh, talking about the same concert the, the band Clutched opened up for them and boy I didn't like them at all uh, anyway the, you know they this was one of those like songs that happened after a break so all of a sudden Bruce comes out with this giant flowery mask He's got his spandex on, and he is singing this song like he's never sung before. I don't want to die. I'm a god. Why can't I live? See, look, I'm loving this song. I don't dislike it. Again, I just had to rank it to myself um, in order of the songs that I love. And as much as I enjoy the song, I probably enjoy almost every other song on this album a little bit more. But 
but Power Slave itself, the song, this album, uh, always meant a lot to me because this was the album that kind of, as much as it wasn't the album that 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 really began my love of Iron Maiden, it started it because of Live After Death, because of that that VHS tape that I rented from Flix Video in Methuen, Massachusetts, a bunch of times, and I never remembered to return it on time. And because of um, because of the imagery in that, that that was the whole Pharaoh, the whole Power Slave thing, the whole thing that they're bringing back in this new tour. That's why Power Slave, the song, the album, the imagery, all has a special place uh, in my heart for Iron Maiden. And to me, Power Slave would not be the uh, the beauty that it is without the eighth and final song off of this album. The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. This my friends, is a masterpiece of heavy metal. Written by, of course, Steve Harris, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is a musical retelling of the poem by Samuel Taylor Coleridge of the same title. Now, I had no idea that this was a poem. I had no idea that this was uh, a famous poem until one day... Uh, I was driving along with my parents, going to church, ironically, listening to uh, the devil's music. And um, I put on this album, I put on this song, and, uh, you know, we're driving along. And all of a sudden, my father recognizes some of the lyrics of the song. Because this song actually uses pieces from the original poem. In fact, I have a couple interesting, or I think they're interesting, stories that deal with the fact that this song is referencing an actual poem. Um, my senior year of high school, it was in Miss Moynihan's English class at Central Catholic High School in Lawrence, Massachusetts. We were going over the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, um, the poem in English class, and she brought up the fact that uh, there was a song written about it by a heavy metal band called Iron Maiden. And everyone in the uh, class turned to me, and they looked at me, because they knew I was the Iron Maiden dude. Well, I had my friend Bill, but he wasn't in the class. He's the other Iron Maiden dude. And um, she actually asked me if I could bring the song in and play it for the class. And sadly, I had a crappy version on tape, but I brought it in, played it for the class, and for the most part, the lyrics and the music moved so fast for these kids that they had no idea what the hell was going on, but they... They understood the albatross part, and uh, and they uh, recognized this part of the song. Now, 
Um, the other little story that I wanted to talk about with that song actually dealt with that exact part that I played. Driving to church one day with my family and just had this, just got this tape and put it in the uh, the old Oldsmobile cassette player. And uh, mind you, I think we only drove about five minutes to get to church, but it was enough for me to get this song on and for um, my my father to actually hear the lyrics and hear that exact part that. He knew the on a board a painted ship upon a painted ocean. I found like I know these words, and I found it interesting that my dad actually listened to the lyrics that I was uh, playing in the car. Which I got to give my dad props for that, and I have to give Steve Harris props for fitting actual words from the poem into the song, making it just giving it to me a, a level of um, just a, a I can't think of the right word, but it's all respectability almost to the song. And the song is—it's so long and it's—it's it's so in depth and it's—it's—it, the changes in time are so intricate. It is definitely a masterpiece. It's definitely—it's not the kind of song that you can just—you know—you want to just pop on to get a quick fix for a heavy metal. This is an in-depth. Uh, again, I'm going to say the word masterpiece, and it's funny. I'm trying to talk to you right now. My dog is trying to walk on my Mac. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. So, rhyme of the ancient mariner. A classic tune, a great live song, a great masterpiece of metal, a a a a a, a, a beautiful love song to a, to a, to a, a classic poem, and a fitting end to a fantastic album known as 1984's Power Slave. I want to thank everybody for listening to my thoughts and opinions on Iron Maiden's fifth studio album, Power Slave. And again, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Maiden Fan Podcast, and I want to apologize to all of you for taking so damn long for this episode to get up. And I swear to God, I'm not going to take this long to get episode five up. And I said that last time, but I, I, I really mean it this time. I don't know if that, uh, that makes a difference. But hopefully it does. Mike, hi, it's Chris from Portland. I'm not talking Portland, Maine, baby. I'm talking Portland, Oregon, about as far west as you can go. And you're in Boston, which is just about as far east as you can go. It's got a huge Iron Maiden fan out here in the City of Roses. My very, very favorite band since probably 19... 85, listen to them pretty much constantly, which drives my wife completely nuts, uh, but I think they are probably one of the best bands in the world and do not get a lot of recognition that they deserve. So I've been listening to your podcast and uh, have enjoyed it. Uh, do us a favor, though, please, no more singing. Uh, Mike, that was absolutely atrocious, brother. Uh, keep, keep through the talking, please. Anyway, I'm going to keep listening, and I'm going to keep calling and leaving your messages. And you take care, and uh, looking forward to the next podcast. Take care. Bye. Hey, if this is uh, the Maiden Fan Podcast, I just want to say hi. This is Nathan. Mike, I sent you an email not too long ago. You probably you got it. You wrote me back. I want to say, hey, um, you can email me again sometime. You probably have your email address left over on your computer. Probably not, but... I'm saying you could, and my friend that said he was gay. Hey, Mike, Chris from Portland again. Something I just remembered. Uh, first of all, I know what it's like to wait for your wife while she's shopping. Uh, 
at least you don't have to be uh, stuck in craft warehouse for two hours and no place to sit down, man. Hey, um, you may not find this interesting at all, but I noticed it uh, quite some time ago. I think on Best of the Beast, which is uh, the series of all the videos, uh, there's a live uh, video of Tail Gunner, and I don't know where it is. It might be somewhere in Germany, I think, or something uh, in Europe. And if you look at Dickinson, he's wearing a black T-shirt that says KGON, and that happens to be uh, our classic rock station here in Portland for probably over 20 years, 25 years at least. They don't ever play any bait, maybe run to the hills if you're very lucky. But I noticed that and uh, thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, again, take it easy. Hi, this is me, Brenda Hicks from Kansas, Arizona. One of these boys here because the Maiden Band Podcast is awesome. Cool show. Iron Maiden is the best. The best. That's it. Up the Iron. Mike, this is Toby from Seattle. I'm listening to your Maiden Hand podcast on my iPod on my way home from work. I stumbled across it on iTunes. Uh, over the weekend, my wife went crazy. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone's doing that. you got to listen to it. You'll love it. And uh, then I saw the 206 area code, thought that you might be in Seattle. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm looking to it. I'm really enjoying it. I uh, have had similar experiences with, uh, with other bands. first concert of mine was Scorpions in about 1984. I was in eighth grade. Transformational uh, concert. I think it was Rocky Lake and Hurricane Tour one of my favorite bands of all times and uh, recently I put together a uh, 26 song metal anthology with a long uh, report from my friends with a 26 page history of metal that I gave to my family and friends to, uh, to help them appreciate the music that I like and where it comes from and how it interrelates and how it changed over time and in that project dug down into Iron Maiden again and just had some fantastic uh, memories and have uh, been boosting my Iron Maiden uh, listening recently. So that's how I stumbled across your podcast. I'm enjoying it tremendously. Uh, when I have a chance to get down in front of a computer again, I'll shoot you an email. And I uh, can't wait to hear uh, your thoughts on the Power Slave album, which I think uh, you mentioned was coming up next. This is uh, an album I, I recently dusted off again and, and, and just loving to death. Just amazing. Carry it on, man. Raise the iron. Thank you to everyone sending in their emails and voicemails. Uh, Chris in Portland. Interesting uh, that I actually work with a girl who recently moved to Portland. She, we, we do web stuff, so uh, she is, um, she's on every day virtually in the office from Portland, Oregon. And she loves it out there, so I hope you love it out there, too. And uh, just for you, uh, next, next episode I'm going to have a new... Uh, New maiden song of, of me singing just for you, buddy, because um, I, I got to do it. I just got to do it. You've inspired me to try to better myself. Thank you to Nathan also, buddy. Uh, thanks for your voicemail. And, yeah, I got your emails. And 
Uh, keep sending new emails because I, 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 I know that I've lost a bunch of emails with my big computer crash. So, But I'm back online. Everything's good. And I uh, hope to hear from you soon and hope that you're still listening and hope that you, uh, you're getting all the albums and hope you're loving it. And thank you. I also want to thank uh, the, the other email. I couldn't quite make out your voice. I don't know if you said your name was Brendan. And I think you said you're from Arizona. But up the irons to you two. Thank you for saying the show's awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking by, though it's taken so long. Uh, and I really, pre- I really appreciate you sending me voicemail. And lastly, I want to thank Toby from Seattle uh, for sending me a voicemail. It was a great one. Dude, that report sounds awesome. I don't know if you still have a, a copy of it that you could share with uh, the listeners if you're, if you're up to that. Or you can, you, we can post it on the website. I don't know if you, you want to do that, if you're comfortable with that. But um, thanks for listening. And I'm not actually in the Seattle area. The 206 area code is kind of a free uh, voicemail service. It's k7.net. They, um, they provide the free voicemail. And it seems like every number you get is a 206 number. And after 30 days, they kind of go, they kind of go kerplunk. So I got to see if the number's still available. Um, but thank you. That that report sounds cool. Uh, and definitely, if if you if you're up to sharing it, I'd love to hear it. And uh, I think it's I think it's awesome that your wife actually showed this to you, because uh, I can't get my wife to to listen to anything with a heavy guitar in it. You know what I mean? So. I've gone so far. I want to thank you all. Maidenfanpodcast.com, maidenfanpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for staying by me. Hopefully, you guys, that the episode number five will be a lot faster, uh, and and I, I promise it will be. I swear it will be. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be yet, but uh, I can't wait to do it, and I uh, can't wait to hear from you guys, the listeners, because you're the reason I'm still doing it. Thank you very much. Up the irons. <laughs>